0: Investing in your business can be a wonderful way to grow wealth and live the life you want. That's what I'm doing. But investing in someone else's business can be even better. In my opinion, this is the best way to generate true passive income streams. Through ETFs or exchange-traded funds, you can buy a basket of shares in different companies in one trade. BetaShares offers Australia's broadest range of ETFs, including the Global Cashflow Kings ETF, ticker symbol C. F-L-O, which lets you invest in 200 companies with high levels of free cash flow, such as Visa and Costco, in one ETF. You can learn more about CFLO and the Betashares fund range by visiting betashares.com.au. Read the PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. Betashares Capital Limited is the issuer. Welcome to Rask's Australian Business Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who dare to leave the world in a better place and get paid while we do it. This podcast will make you a better business owner, investor, founder or entrepreneur. If you want to start a business or already have one, please subscribe to the series or share it with your friends, business partner or colleagues. And don't forget to consider taking our free business course, which includes heaps of templates for creating business plans, HR documents, employee files, all of my software recommendations and more. The course is completely free and available via the link in your podcast player. Okay, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the Australian Business Podcast, joined by founders of Gray Space Advisory. Jordan, how are you going? Good, mate. You? Yeah, very good. Very That's good. Right. Yep. Daniel, how are you, mate?
1: I'm great. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, we're in Melbourne. We're recording in the studio and we're talking about the five things no one tells you about a business, the five pieces of advice that no one tells you when you go into a business Be prepared, (laughs) basically. Be prepared for what comes next. We're going to just kind of spill the beans on how it really is because there's a lot of glamour. If you go online, you see all these inspirational people and you just think, geez, they've got it together and they don't. Um, But that's a story for next time. So we're going to tell you what it's really like to run a business. These guys are accountants. They see heaps of businesses. I'm an investor. I've researched, yeah, hundreds of businesses and started my own as well. So, we're all kind of in this boat together, just going to share some really raw and honest feedback on what it's like. So, who wants to go first? What's one thing that no one told you about business that you wish you knew?
1: I don't know if I wish I knew it, but I'm on 24-7. Yeah. My business is on my mind all the time, whether it's thinking about a client, a certain engagement, you know, problems that can occur, whether it's on how to grow, what we want to do, where we want to go, our purpose. There's so many things just running through your head Hmm. to the point where, like, you'll be eating dinner with your partner (laughs) and all you're thinking about is, oh, I wonder what we should do tomorrow. I've got so-and-so to do. I've got X, Y, Z. And I'm like, oh, God, this is not what I expected.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How do you deal with that? Do you do anything? Do you, like, meditate? Do you do anything, like, to take your mind off
1: work? Do you exercise? I wish I had time for any of that, to be honest. And at the moment, because you love what you do, or I do anyway, I don't mind it, but there will be a time, we're still early on in our business sort of yeah. you know, life cycle, so I'm okay with it. But going forward, you know, work-life balance is something definitely I want to work towards, exercise, spending more time with family, that's definitely on my bucket list. But at the moment, I'm enjoying the process so much, I don't mind it, it's not a problem for me. Mm. But I didn't mm. realize it was gonna take so much time.
0: Yeah. You do do a bit of boxing, right? <laughs>
1: I used to, right? Lies. I used right? to. Lies. I used to. <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I've been there to the, to the gym to be able to sort of let some steam last off. Last Tuesday. <laughs> He's jacked. You're lucky I there's no wish. video. I wish.
0: <laughs> no, but that's, there's that's good ways to do it, right? Yeah. To get your mind off it, to exercise, go for a
1: walk. 100%.
0: And I think that's where you do some, personally, I think it's where most business people do their best thinking is when they're just kind of taking it easy. What about yourself, Owen? What do you do to sort of alleviate the stress or... More recently, like COVID really stuffed me over in that respect because I um, I basically was in a situation where I was in the business because my business has been remote from day one, always been remote, right? So for me personally, it was like no escape. And what I do now is I actually book things into my calendar, social events. So I go catch up with friends. I was talking about going fishing Doing all that sort of stuff. I just got to do it. Do you do anything, Jordan? Do you do anything?
2: I used to go to the gym with Daniel.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: More past
1: tense. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> just want to be clear, it was past tense. But um, I, I, I read every night. Oh, yeah. Cool. I enjoy reading. It's my escape. Um, I enjoy watching the rugby league, yep, the nice. football. So, I thought I'd say rugby league being- What about your new in-
1: cricket career? Oh, yeah. Sunday cricket. <laughs> a Sunday cricket. A Sunday a fifth cricket. Fifth division. Shout out to the Blue Batmans. <laughs> Do you want to tell them the story about the first week? Oh.
2: <laughs> so, my stress relief. Yeah. Coming into bowl at like 60Ks <laughs> an hour, extremely slow. My main focus is to get it on the pitch torn hamstring (laughs) (laughs) out for four weeks (laughs) there goes my illustrious cricket
0: career (laughs) (laughs) that's great but it's good like people need these escapes right you have to have something
2: yeah otherwise you go crazy
0: do you read business or do you read like yeah i read everything yeah yeah mainly mainly
2: business and i enjoy reading biographies autobiographies as well yeah cool so for me that's an escape
0: yeah cool i think it's good it's good to learn so be ready to be switched on 24 7 absolutely um jordan from you what what else? Yeah, I think
2: like, it can be a lonely road, especially if it's just yourself. Um, I'm lucky where I've got Daniel, and he's got me. Whether <laughs> in luck, better not <laughs> 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 till death to us part. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, for some people that don't have that soundboard, and and if you don't have a soundboard, sometimes you know you're pondering and you're thinking, you know, am I doing the right thing? You know, I'm forever grateful where if I if I do that, I can talk to Daniel yeah. or I can call someone, you know, another business owner to try and. You know, whether it's vent, alleviate stress, or get a second opinion, I think that's really important and not just bottle everything up because if you keep bottling things up, it'll just get to the point where it overloads. Mm. Did you find that with yourself as well?
0: Well, yeah, it's a bit hard. But I've got, like, family yeah. that I can talk to a bit. But also, i unfortunately, we shared office here, yeah. you know. yeah. Uh, so I can talk to guys around me that have experience in business. Before that, though, I would lead on, like, one uncle in particular who always gave me great advice and still does to this day he had multiple businesses and he was really the only one in my family that i knew that had like multi-decade stretch in business yep. like running his own businesses so he was always a great resource and as i said it like a, a few episodes ago how just writing the kind of the the newsletter to myself keeping myself accountable yeah uh, even though there were other people bcc'd on that uh, it just allowed me just to get it out and make it feel like i could get some feedback like people would say it. Would, People would just reply and say, fantastic work, love what you're doing. Even if I was like zero revenue and had nothing, they were just like, yep, great job. So um, that was that's kind of the way I got that feedback. Um, uh, there's one thing that you guys have got in here uh, and I'm going to steal it from the both of you, which is like it's a marathon and not a sprint. Uh, <laughs> this is one of the things in business. I remember when I was planning for the business, it's like a little business plan. I was like pitching it and whatever. Um, like I had to go and get my financial services license and whatever and one of the things in there was like i had this like business plan of like how i was going to make money and i remember having this like really complicated modeling because i was like you know an analyst this is what i did i researched spreadsheets spreadsheets <laughs> massive spreadsheet but it basically had this like scenario analysis so for those of you that aren't super geeks like me you guys would get what i'm talking about like you have like different scenarios like if this happens then this would be the outcome and i remember i was forecasting for the very first day that i had our membership so, where people would pay money to access our co- like premium content, I had that I was going to get 300 members. It took me like a year or two to get to
1: that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so, my like 100-meter sprint quickly turned into like an ultra marathon. Yeah. <laughs> Very quickly. <laughs> yeah. I realized that day. <laughs> so, that would be my thing is like it's it's definitely a marathon. And we talked about like some of the ways that you get through year one and the traps people fall into. Like my advice on that would be like, just prepare for a marathon. You got to survive. You got to survive yeah. to thrive in business. That's yeah. the key thing. So you've got to figure out all the ways that you can keep your costs down in the first few years. And please do not get ahead of yourself. Like Yeah. it got like It's such a quick way to overcapitalize and kill your business. Yeah. Okay. That's mine that I stole from you guys. Um, Daniel, I think we're back to you.
1: Yeah, that was my point you stole by the <laughs> way. So, <laughs> um, I think we've spoken about this before in other podcasts. It's sort of wearing all the hats becomes impossible at a certain stage yeah. because it does. It does. For us, it was, you know, at the start of year two where marketing was just, there was no marketing. Yeah. You know, we want to say that we had a marketing division and we we're doing this, that. We weren't. You know, realistically, if we're going to look back and, you know, be honest with ourselves, it's, there was no. Real mm. plan, no strategy. It's only just started now. So understanding that wearing all the hats is not sustainable long term. And again, playing on that marathon component, you gotta plan these things out. You gotta understand that at some point in time you've got to let go. Mm. Being able to let go of certain components of the business is crucial to its success. Crucial.
0: Mm. Absolutely. And identify what your customers want that's probably like the first thing and yeah. then build that for them but then figure out how can i get other people or other contractors or systems to do that for me as much as you can
2: yeah and then one of the common things is on what daniel was saying and again was with us with the marketing is like oh i'll talk tomorrow
0: yeah, yeah. i'll talk tomorrow yeah uh, no i'll talk tomorrow
2: <laughs> and so and then fast forward 12 months and still nothing's done yeah and it's so common
0: Yeah. What's the thing that you keep putting off? Yeah. That's the kind of thing. And I always think about that. I'm like, what's the thing that will stop us being fragile? So, like, an anti-fragile thing. Like, I've always freaked out that the business is just going to spontaneously, like, catch fire and the whole thing is just going to, like, go up in a pile of ash. You think that? Me too. Yeah. Lying lying in bed going, oh, jeez. But I, that's, yeah. And we talked about in uh, a couple of episodes ago how... Uh, we talked about like shiny object syndrome. Mm. One of the reasons that I have shiny object syndrome is because I think, well, if I have multiple things that we do, if one of them breaks, then I've still got the others. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's a common reason why people empire build because like they kind of build away the anxiety or build away the the fear. Yeah. Um, and that's probably one of the things that I would say is like you just got to hand over some of that stuff and just trust in the system once you're comfortable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, do do your research as well. Whoever you're trusting to take over these certain pants they got to be a part of your purpose they got to understand who you are who your business is understand what you need so it's not simply just find the first bloke you see on the street and give him (laughs) (laughs) tasks to do what do you want to do here that's right (laughs) right. so you got to veto these people and get like-minded people behind you to to understand what you're doing so at least that way if you are going to hand a hat over you trust the person you're doing it with as well that's crucial
0: yeah absolutely Jordan you got another one for us
1: uh,
2: yes, so to surround yourself with like minded people. Mm. Um, I think it's really important to be able to pick up the phone and call someone if you're having a problem or, you know, mm. business aside, if you're having a shit day and be able to just vent, hey, what do you think? Have a soundboard and have someone you can call um, to just get different ideas and run things by someone you can, you know, trust. And no matter what you say or what you ask, you're not going to get judged. Mm. I think if, if people can find someone like that, in the business sphere. I know like for myself anyway, like I have a couple of mates that run businesses as well and not in the same industry, you know, trades and and whatnot. But we'll chat, we'll brainstorm ideas and, you know, come up with ideas for different industries. And also when you're having that bad day, you can give them a call and again, vent. I think it's really important to be able to do that and and have a network around you of people you trust.
0: Mm, Absolutely. I love that. They, They do say that you're the average of the five people closest to you. Um, that's probably the same for business, right? Like yep. who you, who, and where are you getting your information as much as like who's around you? Yeah. Like which sources do you do you surround yourself with? Okay, cool. Do we have one more? I feel like we've done five already, but is there one more? Daniel, if, yes, actually, yes, I can see this. Be ready to make fast decisions and pivot quickly.
1: Yeah, that turks onto the the flexibility from I think the previous episode, yeah, and being able to adjust, move on your feet quickly, mm. and rearrange pieces of the puzzle that you've got
0: mm. on
1: the move. I think it's really, really crucial. And I think it actually ties in really well with all of the other points. Having people around to speak to about how to do it, have they experienced it before, you're not too sure about something, having that soundboard around you, it's crucial to, to make those quick decisions as well. Mm. Like for us, it's, we're very lucky that if something comes up with us, Jordan, straight away on the phone, We can talk. We can talk through it quickly. And I like to think we can be that type of people for a lot of our clients as well. And something comes up in their business goes, oh, this happened. This happened. I don't think I'm getting this out of this. I need to adjust. I need to do something. We're there or accountants should be there as a soundboard as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Couldn't agree more. I was thinking about pivoting quickly. The idea for the podcast at Rust didn't come from me yeah it um it came from a mate of mine who was an investor and we just shared this idea he's like oh you know this is investing podcast from the u.s and he was from the u.s and he's like i should really give us a crack actually because we're recording this on flinders lane in melbourne we're just sitting at meatball down the road here there's like three stores down you probably didn't see it It wasn't open when we walked past but there's meatballs classic (laughs) (laughs) and he's like oh yeah you should check out this podcast he's like you could do something like this in australia so i started listening to it because i was new to podcasts like 2016 yeah right and I was like, oh, holy moly, this is cool. This is a great way to get information. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Yeah, give it a crack. And he was like a big shot investor in Australia's guy. I was very fortunate to know. Him. And he's, and then I got him on for an early episode. And I was like, this wasn't my idea. Yeah. I did not start this way. And at the time it made no sense. Like the commercial model around podcasts in 2017 was like zero. Yeah. Like nothing and how did you
2: feel about that you know talking about how having a soundboard or someone to talk to how was that when you were first to market
0: for maybe what you were doing in 2016. well he yeah i mean i I was just grateful that i was i don't i'm not a very open-minded person i would say but (laughs) (laughs) i was just grateful that this one time i was listening because i had a lot of respect for him as an investor i was like if he's saying this he doesn't he doesn't just dole out advice he's one of those people but if he says it, i'm going to listen yeah and so for me, like I'm just eternally grateful for that because now the podcasting business is a million-dollar-plus business a year and growing very fast, like very, very fast. And so like I can outsource that, I guess, gratitude to him and say, you know, he was the one that prompted me to do it. Of course, I had to do it, but, you know. And I think I did not anticipate that. Like mm, in the, yeah. the quote-unquote business plan, there was mm. no mention of the word podcast. That's like right. I can tell you that. Um, there was YouTube, but there was no podcasts. And that's the whole idea of being early, which mm-hmm. you talked about in the last one. So, yeah. having a, being able to have that opportunity. And one of the things that I'll just put a ribbon on this um, is that my competitors couldn't do it. So, my key competitors in this industry couldn't do it because they were so focused on what was already making them money, which was email marketing mm-hmm. and Google search results. So, they had to focus on that. So, if they were to go like, oh, you're going to start this podcast, cool medium, no money in it. Yeah. Whereas I was like, cool medium, not making money over here anyway, so I may as well <laughs> do that. <laughs> yeah. And then, lo and behold, I wasn't the only one who thought that. And I was like, oh, yeah. you climbed up the roller coaster.
1: Yeah. And how much prep did you do to start your first podcast or did you just dive straight in? Um,
0: I probably did, like, I had, like five different microphones and like, like they were all like crappy microphones and whatnot. now we've all got the same stuff. We're all wearing the same headsets. because got studio and all this sort of stuff. I would say I was very forgiving then. I sent from like the nuts and bolts, maybe a few days worth of research. But then I also had to figure out how to edit podcasts because that wasn't like a readily available thing at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just figured out like where can I get free stuff, use YouTube as you guys always say. Mm-hmm. And then for guests, this was a new thing for them. So I remember the first ever episode I recorded in a fund manager's hotel room when he came to Melbourne. He was like, yeah, sure, I'll chat with you for half an hour and did and it was brilliant. Um, and I probably prepared for that for like 20 hours. Yeah, you would Yeah, and I already knew him, right? Like I already knew of him, I should say. Like I'd met him in a previous life. And so um, for me, it was like a lot of prep to try and really execute and learn and just followed on Twitter, followed all the best podcasters I knew from around the world and just listened to what they said. Like if they dropped a bit, like like the reason I did so much research was one of them said, the only thing that matters to me is the source documents. And what he meant by that was like, or source material, what he meant was like, if you want to understand your guest, you have to go back to the original stuff that they've said mm. and you need to research the bejesus out it that. So that's basically how I did it to answer your question. And that was you one? That was like even day well, one, f- even <laughs> before the episode. So, yeah. yeah, that was like before the first episode. Yeah. One thing I didn't do, which a lot of podcasters did do, is I didn't do any prep episodes. So, if I recorded, that was the re- like the recording that published. Whereas a lot of people do like 10 episodes and like they get fr- family and friends to listen to, it, like, oh, what do you think of this? What do you yeah. think of this? I did get family and friends to listen, but not to the episodes. I just got to listen to my jingle that I made, like the intro and the outro. I'm <laughs> like, whoa, that's cool. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <isn't it?" laughs> and you know, that was it. It's like a stock. Like, you know one thing is like you have to be really careful about, like I figured this out. You have to be really careful about like stock audio because you have to get this particular license. Oh, right. Because if you don't, like there is like royalty-free stuff nowadays, but back then when you uploaded your podcast to YouTube, it would automatically scan for copyright infringement mm-hmm. and it would ping you. And yeah. it would send a message to them if you didn't respond. So if you tried to monetize it with ads on YouTube, it would send a thing to the copyright holder. So now that's not as big as a deal because there's a lot of royalty-free like yeah. music. But yeah, that's my kind of thing. And I pivoted into that and I went... It took me three years to go from podcast things growing, 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 growing to not all in on podcasts, but like 80% in on podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And and
2: like, that's the perfect example of wearing all the hat, wearing all the hats, mm. like end-to-end, the prep, the gear... Yep. your 20 hours of research like it yeah. again no matter what industry you're doing or your business is in you're wearing all the hats in year one yeah sometimes mm-hmm. in year two so but or you least. always
0: figured that out quicker than most because i think you have like the the breadth of mm. seeing others do it is that fair to say
2: yeah i think that and a bit of reading um, again another book shout out traction gino wickman talks about sort of segmenting the business and how to how to separate roles like Mm. we're sort of lucky because there's two of us it would be a bit harder if it's just the one um but i think just reading people's stories who have already been there and done that and it doesn't have to be in the same industry a lot of the theories still apply to your business even if it's not the same industry yeah so i think if you can read read as much as you can about the topic yeah it goes a long way
0: yeah like for years so for years i read about Content creation. Yeah. And I read blogs like for years, like an hour a day, every day. Go to the cafe before work, spend an hour, then just, or picked up my CFA textbook, my chartered analyst <laughs> textbook, read that for an hour, then go to work where I'd read again at work. It was my job as an analyst. So just kind of taking in all the ideas and trying to figure it all out. But yeah, you got to do that in the first few, little while. And the ability to pivot, and this is what we talked about in the last episode where we talked about saying no to things that aren't good, that just focusing on things that are great. That was probably, I didn't know that as a concept. I was just mm-hmm. like, podcasts seem good. Maybe they're great. Like that 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 transition from they're good to great took me three years. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like I started it and I was like growing, 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 growing. And I was like, holy shit, this is actually really, this isn't good. This is great. Let's just go all in.
1: Yeah. A lot of the times you don't know the difference between good and great at the very start of a concept or idea, a product, anything mm. you're developing. True. It comes with the experience of, of doing things as well or watching people asking people the Mm. the good to great transition happens over time and through experience and knowledge
0: yeah yeah well said absolutely so just to recap here we had six things that um you don't really get told about business and it would be nice to know this in advance so here you go be ready to be switched on 24 7. it can be a lonely road wearing all the hats will become impossible at a certain age I can tell you, you only wear one hat when you go out. um, And yeah, if you try and wear too many, they're all just going to fall off. (laughs) Um, So number four was uh, be ready to make fast decisions and to pivot quickly, which we just spoke about. It's a marathon. It ain't a sprint. I've heard of people like starting a business a year later selling it, but those are by far the exception. Yeah, Diamond doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, Number six is surround yourself with like-minded people. Uh, If you've got a co-founder or something like that, there's this rule in V the rule. It's not a law. It's like a rule that, like, generally people with two, like businesses with two founders, tend to do better on average than those with one or more than two. So maybe that's something you can do with a friend or a family member. Um, you got to be discerning about that, of course. But um, yeah, good list, guys. Um, if, they, if the listeners want to find out more about you guys, uh, Jordan, where can they go to find out more about Grayspace? Jump on our website yep. um, and I
2: think it'll be in the show notes. We'll have a link Absolutely. to our business health check as well where you can jump on a meeting with myself or myself because I haven't put Daniel there yet.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, two Jordans. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. And um,
2: we'll run through a business health check and we can do some uh, bit of strategy work as well, some now warehouse stuff. So, yeah, reach out and we'll be happy to help.
0: Yeah, great. All right. Well, Daniel, thanks for joining me. Thank you. And Jordan, pleasure. Always. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on Rask Education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. If you're a small business owner or an expert like an accountant, lawyer, investor, or entrepreneur, I want to hear from you. I'm not 100% sure what we're going to do with this podcast series. So I'm looking for sponsors, as well as potential co-hosts. And of course, I'm eager to invest in businesses run by talented people. If you're looking for a supporter or advisor, a silent partner, or even an investor to support your growth, I can help. Please contact me via the RASC website. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening.